Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. So today is the last day of our fast, but it's also the last day of our uh, series that we've been in during the month of January. I can see clearly now. The first week, we recognize that when you are enlightened to something, you see it. When you understand it, you see it. And that nearsighted Christianity only allows you to see what's right in front of you. The second week, I told you that your eagerness will cause you to disobey the will of God and that life's greatest mistakes happen when, when we get ahead of God. And we've got to learn to open our spiritual eyes and hear the voice of the Lord. Then last week was a very personal message as I shared with you the concept of laying out a fleece before the Lord like Gideon did. And I shared with you how that works in my life and I gave you a few examples of that. Uh, There are many testimonies that I could share with you. We just don't have the time of not only my life but of others and even people in this room that have laid fleeces out before the Lord and how God has answered those. Even even last night um, I got a a text message from a couple in our church of how God has has already... uh, bless their lives through this 21 day fast and and laying out a fleece and I'm just excited to see what God's going to do in our lives but today we want to bring this series to an end and in doing so my prayer is that even when you don't see God you will know that he is near that even when you can't see him and you can't see that God is moving on your behalf that you know because I know that circumstances can sometimes stand as a blinder between us and God and, and, and I don't want to ignore that these circumstances are there and that we all have to face them and that sometimes it's just nearly impossible to see God. But with faith believing, I, I, I hope that we can walk out of this room today and know that no matter how tough it gets, your God is there and he's not going to forsake you. It was October of 2018. We were expecting the steel to show up for our new building and uh, that the steel was scheduled to be delivered the next month. We had our weekly scheduled uh, conference call with the construction company, and and as soon as the meeting began, the the project manager at the time, the project manager said, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Which one do you want first? Um, Never one to to want to delay the inevitable. I I said, well, give me the bad news. And... um, uh, I, I never dreamed that I was about to hear what he was gonna, going to say. And, and I reluctantly share this today because I've, I've done a good job of protecting you from some of the mishaps that have happened along the way on our construction job. Um, and, and I'll say this, you have been a very patient and um, a very patient people and I have bragged on you uh, to not only other, other pastors and other people in our community, but I've, I've looked at a construction company and said, you better be glad that I have a church that is full of patient people. So on this phone call on this day, I said, give me the, the bad news. And, and the project manager starts laughing. And he said, well, the steel somehow got pulled out of production. And I said, okay. And he said, but the good news is it will not be delivered until late January, and uh, because of that, we've got plenty of time to get all of the under slab work done, and then we have plenty of time to pour the slab. Now, if you know uh, the, the history of this project, they would not pour the slab until early summer. 
um, with other delays that they ran into. I later found out that it was because of an email that the, the steel was taken out of production and this particular project manager sent the email. We don't have time to get into all that. But you can imagine how your pastor responded on this conference call. I remember Pastor Andrew was sitting in my office. I had it on speakerphone. They had the same thing going on on their end. And church, let me just say, say it like this. I did not cuss. Okay? I promise you I did not cuss. I don't cuss. Not out loud. Um, I did not cuss. But that project manager better be glad that we were meeting by phone and not in person. Because if he would have been before me, I would have hit him with so many lefts, he would have been begging for a right, okay? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being honest. Later on in the phone call, uh, as, as this was a very frustrating moment, and we've had a few of those along the way, later in the phone call, he continued to become even more unprofessional, and at one point, raising his voice at me and nearly yelling at me through the phone. And that's when I got a text on my phone. And I looked down at it, and it was the owner of the construction company, and the text said, I'm on the call, I just slipped in remotely, I'm listening, and I will handle this. Within 15 minutes of hanging up from that phone call, I had received three apology phone calls privately, one of them being from the project manager, and by the way, he is no longer with that company, but that's a story for another day. Um, how many of you know... It's always good to know that the boss is listening. It's always good to know that the boss is listening. That even when you don't see him, he's working. That even when you don't know it, God is behind the scenes. And you may not hear him. You may not see him. You may not feel him. But no matter what you are going through in your life right now, I promise you this, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and God is working it out right now. Whatever it is, whatever you're going through, God is working it out right now. And if you'll trust in him, even when you can't see him, God's going to bring about the deliverance. He's going to bring about the salvation. He is going to bring you through this trial in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's text takes us to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. The king of Syria didn't care for Israel very much. So he would send out his troops and he would set up an ambush at places where he knew that Israel was going to be crossing. Somehow, the king of Israel is finding this information out ahead of time. And so he is not sending his troops in that direction. And the king of Syria is convinced that he has a whistleblower in the kingdom. And so he confronts his staff and he says, somebody here is a spy. Somebody here is telling Israel what's going on and my plans. And his staff looks at him and they say, no, it's not coming from within. They had, they had inside information. They knew who was giving the king of Israel this information and they said there's this prophet his name is Elisha and Elisha is the one that is going to the king of Israel and telling him your every move and you can only imagine how this makes the king of Syria feel second Kings chapter 6 
If you will, hold your Bibles open. I'm going to be referring and reading more text today, so we're going to be going back to it a few times, so just leave your Bibles open. 2 Kings chapter 6, starting at verse 8. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. Now that's how secretive it was, okay? This is so top secret that even the word of God can't tell us the location. At such and such a place, okay? So at such and such a place shall be my camp. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he went there, so he sent there horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city, and the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Have you ever awakened one morning? to find yourself surrounded, that the trials of life have somehow just closed in on you. You, you. you didn't see it coming. You don't know how you got there. But just one morning you got up and, and you're surrounded. On every side, it seems like there's a new problem. It doesn't matter if you're a child of God or not. Life is full of trials. We know this. And there's just moments when we wake up and we think to ourselves, how did I get here? The odds are stacked against you. And your situation is insurmountable. You know what this feels like. The mortgage is past due. Your home AC is out. Your auto insurance has lapsed and you need a new transmission for your car. Your kids don't obey. Your spouse won't either. Your health is in decline. Your dog has diarrhea while you're at work and the Roomba paints the house with it. <laughs> and on top of all that, your in-laws are coming to town. Can life get much worse? I'm glad my in-laws are not here today. Your life is surrounded by hardship, and the struggle is real. There are moments when your spiritual senses just stop working. I, I know that, and that's why I wanted to close this series out with this, because I know that there are moments when even the best of Christians, your spiritual senses, senses just stop working. You can't hear God because it seems like he's too far away. You can't touch him because your arms are full of, of carrying life struggles. And, and you can't see his salvation because right now you're living in a fog. Your spiritual senses are not working. And Elisha's servant can relate. He had no idea when he went to bed the night before that he was going to wake up the next morning and be surrounded by the army of Syria. 
He wakes up that morning. He walks outside just to get some fresh air, take a, a deep breath. Elisha had been snoring all night probably, so he just needed some peace and quiet. He walks outside, and when he looks around, he sees the Syrian army, horses and chariots. They have surrounded the entire city. This day, on this particular morning, two men walked outside, and they saw the situation completely different. The servant of Elisha walks outside, and, and when he looks, he, he sees the enemy. We are surrounded by the enemy. So he runs inside, tells Elisha, he says, what are we going to do? He said, this, this, these circumstances are, 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 are bad. What are we going to do? And, and so Elisha walks outside. But when Elisha walks outside, he sees it completely different because when he looks, he sees the Lord's help. Oh, it reminds me of the verse, where does my help come from? Look to the hills, my child of God. Where does your help come from? And Elisha could see it. Verse 15, And the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, when you are serving God, even though the enemy may come up against you and the enemy may attack your life, what you have to understand is that you're not in this thing by yourself that God Almighty and, and the forces that He is able to send your direction, they are there with you and they are there to protect you and they are there to fight with you. Oh, if I could just have you open your eyes and see the protection of the Lord that is surrounding you right now. As a matter of fact, the enemy doesn't like what I'm pouring into you right now. And I believe, and I've prayed this this morning, that this entire campus is surrounded right now with the army of the Lord protecting it so that you can walk out of here with your eyes open, seeing what you can't see with the natural eyes. I'm reminded of this true story that I read about I've read this from multiple sources. It was June of 1920, and the people of Shansai, China, were warned that bandits were coming. Villagers quickly made what preparation that they could, and there was this one lady who was a missionary to China, and in and, and the village that she was at, she was responsible for a mission school of about 40 girls. How was she going to protect them from these lawless men? Because they were awful, awful. She called all the girls together into a classroom and she asked all of them to, to calmly just, just kneel down as she committed to pray for them and, and, and offer them the care of the Lord. She was scared herself, not knowing what was going to happen this night. And, and the bandits did come and they ravaged the city, the small village. That night they killed people, they plundered, they stole. They carried some of the village women off into the darkness of night. But not one of the bandits had attempted to enter the mission compound. The next morning that missionary woman, she went out into the village to do whatever she could to help. That was just her heart 
Let, let me just help someone else that, that had a costly night. She looked at one of the villagers that she was working with and she said, the Lord had mercy on us last night and spared us and our school of girls. The villager looked at her and responded and said, no wonder. He pointed back at the compound. And he said, you see the four corners on your compound? He said, standing on your walls last night, we looked up and we saw four angels with their swords drawn. Nobody was coming near that compound. Church, you can't see it with your natural eyes, but when your enemy has you surrounded, God's got him surrounded. When your enemy comes at you, you have to understand that your God's got you. Isaiah 59 and 19 tells us when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I want you to notice that it says when, not if, when the enemy is going to come at your life like a flood. And when he does, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. It's good news and bad news, isn't it? I mean, if we could go through life and not fall under attack, we would want it that way. I mean, that's the bad news. It's coming. But the good news is, church, he's got you surrounded. Your God has you surrounded. Listen to the rest of this. Verse 18. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, now he speaks to the army of Syria. Listen to what he says. This is not the way. And this is not the city. Follow me. And I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria, which at the time was the capital of Israel. Do you see how, God's, how God anoints Elisha with the power of the force? I mean, it's, it's like the spirit of old Ben Kenobi comes upon him, right? These are not the droids that you are looking for. You, you, did you pick up on it? I mean, think about what he said. This is not the way. This is not the city. I am not the man that you are looking for, but I'll take you to him. The enemy has been controlling your life long enough. And as a child of God, it's time for you to stop letting him control your life and you start ordering the enemy around. Do you know that as a child of God, you've got that kind of authority in your life? What you need to start doing is speaking to the enemy in Jesus' name. The problem with some of you is you're talking to the enemy, but you're trying to do it under your own ability and your own power. Every time you communicate with him, you better say in Jesus' name. You put in Jesus' name behind it, and I promise you the, 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 the armies of angels in heaven will surround you. They will fight that battle for you. Stop letting the enemy control you. You start controlling him. May the force be with you. <laughs> Psalm 34 and 7. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. 
Psalm 125 and 2 says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, and they do, man, I stood there and I I looked at the mountains that surround Jerusalem. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. That means it's still happening today, forevermore. Psalm 32 and 7 says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Do you hear that? You will protect me from trouble and you will surround me with songs of deliverance. Church, God's got you surrounded. Come out with your hands up. Oh, you didn't get it. Come out with your hands up. Stop wallowing in your mully grubs and enter into the presence of the Lord with thanksgiving. It would do some of you some good to raise your hand every once in a while and give God some glory for what he's going to do in your life. Oh, it's quiet in here, isn't it? You've got to come out with a song in your heart and praise on your lips. When you know that your God has you surrounded, you don't have to live life defeated. They tell me that the game of chess has its origins in, in India. Maybe so, I don't know for certain. It, it, it doesn't feel that way, but that, that's what they say. But it was perfected in Europe around the 15th century, which is probably why the queen is the most powerful chess piece. But the most valuable is the king. If they take your king, game's over. In life, Your most powerful piece is the king. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when Christ is the Lord of your life, it doesn't matter how many ponds of hell have you surrounded. When the king shows up, he'll always have the last move. Checkmate. God will always have the last move. It may look like you're surrounded. But God's got you surrounded. God's got the entire circumstance surrounded. You may wake up tomorrow morning and it looks like all hell has come against you. Understand, God's got you and the hounds of hell surrounded. He's got the whole thing surrounded. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.